Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. What's up to our Vitamin E Church? I'm so grateful that you are joining us online, and I hope that you are having a great day. This is a good day because you're alive and God is in it. So it's filled with purpose, and I know God's going to do some amazing things for your life. We are in a series called Peace of Mind, and uh, we started last week, and as I told you all, uh, it has opened up a can of worms, and we have had some people that walked out triggered and was like, I'm not ready to deal with anything, and you're so brave, you came back, and you logged back in, and you're watching us, and so it's all good. Uh, but I do want to give you uh, one of the people that uh, wrote in, and uh, I just want to commend her for her bravery, but I know that she represents so many people. We got a huge response uh, from people far and near that were telling us about what this series has done already to impact their lives. So Lisa Miles wrote in, and this is what she said yesterday. This is the Monday after last Sunday. Yesterday was very, very difficult for me. And even after watching your series, I found it difficult to talk it out with anybody. So I spent the majority of the day in an emotional downward spiral. But, all caps, my constant companion, the Holy Spirit, told me that I needed that I really need to seek help now and break this cycle. So I contacted a therapy and counseling center yesterday. Thank you so much for your transparency and willingness to lead by example as God's vessel. Be blessed, cousin. I don't know if she's my cousin or not, but if she's saying cousin, <laughs> I'm everybody's cousin and uncle now. I don't know. I just got adopted into the family and it's all good. Um, um, if you're like her and you've taken a brave step forward, we'd actually... Uh, have had pastors that listened last weekend that said, you know what, I've never gotten counseling for myself. I counsel all these other people, and I haven't gotten counseling for myself, and I set up a counseling session uh, for myself. So let's celebrate the fact that God is already doing something. Um, so a lot of people, especially if uh, the, the subject has never been broached, and honestly, uh, there are many, many churches that don't broach this particular subject, but they need to be brave enough to do so. We're not the only one, but I'm grateful that we are one that um, understands that uh, it's not just a preached word uh, that's going to be what gets you where you need to be in your relationship with God. It's going to be a whole community of people that you open yourself up to that can layer on the spiritual growth that you need to receive to be the person that God has ultimately called you to be. Um, I, I had a lot of people say, well, last week, oh my goodness, you just ripped my heart out and man, I'm, I'm, man, I, I guess I'll come back, but dang. <laughs> and my response was, that wasn't, I didn't even start yet. <laughs> last week was prep. <laughs> this week starts heart surgery. And the message that I'm about to teach today, I usually teach as one message, but I've broken it up into two messages uh, because uh, the Holy Spirit just let me know I need to dig deep into this. And so uh, I, I want to give you the, the passage of Scripture I'm going to read from, and then I want to give you some context, uh, because y'all know I'm a wordsmith. I used to, I used to be a rapper. Uh, I used to do spoken word. I, I live with words. My whole life is living with words. And because I'm a literalist, um, the words need to mean what they mean. They can't be slang and, and you know, colloquialisms. They got to mean what they mean. And so... Uh, I want to give you the passage, then I want to give you the title, uh, and then I want to pray, and then I want to break some stuff down and give you some points. That's just the whole thing, all right? Y'all ready? First John chapter number one, verse number five, here's what it says. 
This is the message. This is John writing. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Period. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I skipped the verse. I'm so excited about this message. I'm skipping verses. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling who? Who? Louder? If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Not a little bit of it, all of it. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. Every time I read that, I feel the same way you just reacted. Mm. That's harsh. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So last week, the title of the message was what? Silence is not golden. I just wanted to make sure my note takers were in here. Silence isn't golden was last week's message. Um, And y'all know I'm basic. So this week's message and this part one because there's two parts to this, is confession is golden. Very, very simple. Confession is golden. By your heads, let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, give us the strength to confess. Amen. Amen. Now, I told you I'm a wordsmith, and, and words are very, very important to me, and so you have to have the right context to the word confession, uh, or this will not land the way it needs to land on you. And so I just want to go right off the gate, just giving you some stuff to jot down. These are not my points, but these are just some things I want you to jot down because I want you to have the proper orientation around the word confession or you won't do it correctly. There's a lot of people thinking that they have confessed some stuff and they have not actually made biblical confession. So here is the the, the first thing I want you to write down. Confession isn't just admission it's acknowledgement. I'm going to say that again. Confession isn't just admission. It is acknowledgement. Well, I mean, man, I, if I admit what I've done, isn't that confession? Admission and acknowledgement are two different things. Are we clear on that? That the word admission and the word acknowledgement, acknowledgement are two different words. You can admit something and still not acknowledge something. I know people that can admit that there is a God, but not acknowledge that there is one true God. There are people that can admit that Jesus was actually alive, but they cannot admit that he is Lord. There are some people that can admit they've done some wrong, but don't acknowledge the wrong they've done. Well, I mean, if they admit it, how do they not acknowledge? Because they keep doing it. 
So, so, so the biblical context of confession, please write this down. Confession means, according to scripture, the scripture we just read, to say the same thing about. That's what confession is. It's not just to admit something. It, it's to acknowledge and agree that I now say the same thing about it as God said. Confession means that I say the exact same thing about it that God has said. That's when you're confessing for real. I'm not just admitting it. I agree with the way God sees this. And this is why I cannot have this in my life. When I gave my life to Jesus on January 14th of 1996, I was a born again porn addict. Very, very religious people wince when I say that every time because they think that as soon as you give your life to Jesus, freedom. You're so saved. But this stuff here takes a little longer to catch up. Okay, so I was born again and I was a porn addict. But here's the reason why porn was not going to rule and reign in my life, because I agreed with God about what he said about pornography. I didn't agree with psychologists. I didn't agree with culture. You're not hurting anybody. I, I mean, it's a struggle, but I mean, it's not so bad. I mean, you, at least you ain't wilding out having sex. You ain't got your body count up. What's the issue with a little porn and a little masturbation? I mean, you need a release. You're a man. Oh, my goodness. No, I agreed with what Scripture says about this particular sin, that if I look at a woman lustfully, I've already committed the sin of, of adultery in my heart. So because I agree with the way God sees it and says it, I was relentless in my pursuit of true freedom from the addiction to pornography because I agree with what the way I agree with God and the way he sees it. That's confession. It's not just I have a struggle. It's I have a struggle and I see how this is making a, a disconnect between my relationship with you. I see it the way you see it. And therefore, I cannot go along with this in my life on a regular basis. Let me give you some antonyms to the word confession. The, the, the opposite of confession, the antonyms to confession, not the things that are similar, which would be a synonym, but the antonyms. First one, denial. Refusal. Repudiation. Secret. Silence. That's the word from last week. Cover. Disavowal. Now, I can never see the word disavowal or disavow and not think about the OG Mission Impossibles, not the Tom Cruise ones. I'm talking about the old school. Don't, 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 don't. Should you accept this mission, right? Here's the parameters. Uh, but if it doesn't go well, we will disavow any knowledge of you. <laughs> Which means if somebody asks us, do you know these people? We will not confess that we know you. It's a disavowal. But I want you to think about it. If this is the antonym, if these are the antonyms to confession, then when we do not confess our sins to God, we are in denial. 
We are also refusing to see it the way God sees it, which means we repudiate our relationship and start holding secrets. And if you start holding secrets, it leads to silence. And in order for you to perpetuate that silence, you have to start covering. And the moment you start covering, you become somebody you are not and you disavow our relationship that you have with God. So it's not you start doing one of those antonyms, you become all of them. Confession is important. And there's two parts to confession. There is a confession that is vertical, that's between us and God, and there is confession that is horizontal. And in part two, I'm gonna talk about horizontal confession. But this weekend, I have to talk about vertical confession. If we were not believers in Jesus, I would not be teaching this message. If we were part of a rotary club or just a little, you know, speaking session, a little group therapy, and we're just going to just somehow zen to a higher power. (laughs) I wouldn't even bring this up. But as believers, there is a process that comes to confession. If you don't get this in agreement with God vertically first... Nothing you say horizontally will matter. You can't get it right with other people and not get it right with God. There's an order to this. There is a vertical and there is a horizontal. That is the cross. There is a vertical beam and a horizontal beam. There is something from north to south, us to God, God to us. And there is something east to west for us to embrace each other. So, I want to talk about the verticality of confession. Three things about vertical confession. These are your three points. I want to talk to you about three things about vertical confession. Your confession to God is important. Say it with me. My confession to God is important. Again, my confession to God is important. One more time, my confession to God is important. Vitamin E, clickety-clack, clack, clack. Clickety-clack, clack, clack. Clickety-clickety-clack, clack, clack. Clack, clack, okay? I have rhythm, so I had to. Um, but type that in the chat. My confession to, the, to God is important. Type it more than once. Because this has to become your mantra. If your mind is going to be free, if your mind is going to be at peace, you will never be a believer of Jesus Christ and have a wonderful relationship with God if confession is not part of your life. It can't be something you do only when you're backed in a corner. This has to be a part of your lifestyle. I confess. There are some people that have gotten a hold of a really, really ridiculous version of the grace message that feel like they don't have to confess anything because it's all under grace. So why confess it in the first place? God's already forgiven me. Confession is not for God, it's for you. (laughs) He already knows what you did, do you? (laughs) Point number one, please write this down. The first thing you need to know about vertical confession, confession turns the light on. We want to be lovers and livers in the light. And confession 
turns the lights on. 1 John 1, 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in darkness, spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from how much sin? All All sin. I, I have grown up in, in, in churches where, 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 where the preacher was fiery and you need to come out of the darkness and live in the light. But like, no, but how, Sway? Like, nope, nope. Can you, because I'm, I'm simple. Like, can you, how? Because you said that and I felt it, but you didn't, you just kept going and I, I just wanted clarity on what you said just then. So how am I supposed to do that? The, the way you live in the light is by confession. That's how you turn the lights on. The, 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 way, the way you turn the lights on your own life and, 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 and get your mind free and clear is that, is that when, when, when you find yourself doing something that is not in agreement with what God has asked you to do, the way he's told you to live your life, you, you literally just say, that, that's me. I, I, I need to make a confession that, that I'm not doing that right now. Guess what? The lights come on. And the moment you turn the lights on, you can see. People that live in darkness have a bunch of stuff going on, but they can't see it. Have you ever been in your house, your own house, that you are absolutely familiar with? You know that house. You can wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, never open your eyes, and make it all the way to the bathroom. Sit on that pot. Or stand over it, groggy. Get it in there. <laughs> get all the way back to your room. Get back in the bed. And it's fine. Middle of the night. Dark. And you can navigate. You can navigate, but you can't see. And I know a lot of people, believers, living in spiritual darkness that feel like because I'm navigating. I'm actually seeing. But you're not seeing. You're just filling yourself around the familiarity of your life. But you cannot see that there are socks on the floor, that there's a Lego right there, that your aim was kind of bad. Somebody said, and you didn't wash your hands. (laughs) With your nasty self. (laughs) There's a difference between seeing something and navigating something. You don't need to see to navigate. But if you are going to see, you need light. And the only way you get light in your life is to confess. To God, what's going on with you? He already knows it anyway. So why don't you just tell him? It turns the lights on. I'm going to date myself with this, with this uh, uh, reference, but, but I, I grew up with the old school commercials, Motel 6. <laughs> what they say? 
we will leave the light on for you. They didn't say we will put out a spotlight for you. Nor did they say we would put out a searchlight for you. They said we would leave the light on for you. So you find your way out of that darkness into our light. We're not coming for you. You got to come. Find us. You got to walk to the light, Carolyn. <laughs> I love this church. You got to walk into the light. There, there, is, there is a power that comes when you choose to walk in the light. You are literally choosing not to have areas of your heart that you keep from God. He already knows what the areas are, but you won't know unless you're in the light. You'll be acting it out, but you won't be able to call it out because you can't see it. So when we confess, we literally turn the lights on. Point number two, please write this down. Confession keeps us from fooling ourselves. Confession literally keeps us from fooling ourselves. 1 John 1, 8 says this, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. See, see the, 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 the biggest deception of uh, keeping uh, 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 your, your, your mind from seeing and your, and, your, and your being from seeing where you really are in your relationship with God is that you fool yourself. Before you start lying to others, you start lying to yourself. Before you start deceiving others, you start deceiving yourself. Because the longer you are staying in the darkness, the more comfortable and accommodating you make the darkness. And then we actually start to act like the darkness is really light. And, and if you, if, if we are living in a generation in the culture now where I'm talking about believers, we, we, we are so shocked when we find out, ah! did you hear about what so-and-so did? Ah! Did you hear what hit the news about so-and-so? And, -so? ah! and everybody's so shocked. It's disappointing to me, but I'm not shocked anymore. Because I've read scripture. I know exactly how people get there. I, I, I'm a dad. And, and so all dads, I won't even have to say what I'm about to do. I'm going to just do it. That's all we do <laughs> is manage electricity. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, fool. Why is this light on? Why is your closet light on? Two o'clock in the afternoon. Open the blinds, fool. I can't tell you how many people I know have walked through the corridors of their own soul 
they didn't start off turning off the lights. But once you get comfortable with one dark corner, it's too bright in here. And the Lord can see everything. It's too bright. But the Lord can see it even in darkness. You can't see it without the lights on. So really, it's too bright in here is I don't want to see this. As vividly anymore. Let me, turn on Let me set the mood. <laughs> Let me turn these lights down low. And before you know it, low turns into darkness. I've had several of my peers in ministry that I love, friends of mine, who have had to step down from their churches, wound up in scandals. And I know they didn't get in, into ministry to, like, nobody gets, gives their life to Jesus and like, cannot wait to embarrass the kingdom of God one day. Woo! Can't wait to grow this church real big and, 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 and really have a, a, a name and a presence out there for Jesus and then just embarrass everybody. Nobody gets into ministry to do that. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I, I would keep this on because I would stay accountable on that. No, I don't really need to. I've been okay. Haven't done nothing in like six months, so I'll just turn that off. I mean, if I keep all the lights on, I mean, dang. Nobody needs to see everything all the time. Before you know it, the enemy is like, yay. Dim the lights. Now turn them off. Now navigate. You okay? You know in the scriptures, just navigate. You're just going through a dark season. No, no, no. You turned the lights off. And when you got caught, you said it was a dark season. To be sincere about one's life is actually taken from two Latin words. And I've been studying Spanish, so this got me super, super hyped. Estoy aprendiendo español. Sí. Uh, sine means without, seda means wax, sine seda. And in, 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 in Roman times when uh, a sculptor would make a marble statue or uh, some type of marble object, uh, if there were cracks or flaws in the design or in the pattern as they were making it, if they were less than integral, they didn't have character, they would fill in those cracks with wax. And because it was marble, once the wax is smoothed into the marble surface, it's hard to see the cracks and the flaws that are in this particular piece of marble. They would get away with it up until the object that they made was sitting in the sun for a while. And once the light from the sun stayed on that particular object for a long time, the wax would begin to, welt, to melt. And when the wax would begin to melt, people would know, oh, I got tricked into thinking that this was something that it's not. Do you know how many people are living their lives with wax? 
that instead of being able to call out their flaws and say, God is still working on filling this in for me with more marble, character and integrity, that, 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 that literally what they have waxed on is melting off under the light of God's word. We see these people that, 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 are, that, that, that love God and, and they're in ministry and, 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 and you can see like, man, they look a little melty. Well, the character and integrity is not there and they've just been trying to fill it in with wax. They are not sincere about the way they've been living their life. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to live your life with these cracks. If you would just confess where you are, because you do know he knows. Like, you're not going to shock God. Like, hey, Lord, oh, man, ooh. I know you're going to be disappointed. I know. This thing right here. And God's like, thank you. I saw that when you were born. I couldn't wait for you to identify that, to let me in, to acknowledge that this is something that needs to be fixed because I'm here to help. Point number three, please write this down. Confession cleanses us. Confession cleanses us. Here's the verse. First John 1 John 1.9, but if we confess our sins to who? To who? To who? But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He doesn't just forgive us, he cleanses us. And that cleansing is so important because Forgiveness is something that we thank God for, but there is nothing like having a clean conscience. When you're not walking around guilty, when you're not walking around with all this condemnation, why? Because I still got something I'm holding on to and I don't want to put it all out there. He cannot cleanse what you do not speak on. Until you can put it into words, he can't do anything with it. And I am desperate to produce a, a, a church and a group of believers that can come down when it's time to get some help and before God and man vertically and horizontally say, this is what I'm dealing with. Because I want my mind clean. I want my conscience clear. When I put my head on the pillow, I want to go to sleep. I don't, I'm tired of living in the dark trying to remember my lies. Abraham Lincoln said, if you're going to be a liar, you better have a good memory. Because to keep up with all that kind of stuff, where were you? Huh? I called you four times. Oh. Well, I was with Marcus. I called Marcus. Um... There was an accident on 635. I came home the same way. There was no accident. Oh, uh, that's a lot to keep up with, fam. Confess. Why? 
because I want to be forgiven and I want to be cleansed of my unrighteousness. When we make that confession before God, he can help us. He can literally go, okay, I'm so grateful you said something. Now I can do something with this. I, I, I carried secrets from 8 to 19. Uh, th that was the secret of my sexual abuse. And then I carried uh, secrets again in my 20s uh, with pornography and all that kind of stuff I was dealing with because uh, from 8 to 19, I, I was afraid of losing, losing my parents. If I, say this, if I say that this dude abused me, my mama going to be heartbroken, my daddy going to kill him, and my brother going to bury the body. And I was 8 thinking this. Just think about if you have a small child around that age. That's torture. So I grew up thinking vulnerability was dangerous because it was going to hurt the people I love and kill the people I hated. None of which I wanted, but, but, but that's what was trapped in. And, and, and so I, I've been able to replace that lie because the enemy loved, oh, yes, that's right. Don't say, don't share nothing because all it's going to do is mess everything up. Now I understand that I'm responsible for telling the truth. I'm not responsible for people's reactions. This is why we confess to God first, because he's going to forgive us and cleanse us. Let me tell you something. I need to help some people in this room. People are not going to respond to your confessions the way God does. And you cannot try to guilt them into doing it. Well, God forgave me. Why can't you? They ain't God. God's literally built different. <laughs> so he can handle stuff in a way that other people cannot handle. So when you confess that to God, you're like, oh, oh thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for your forgiveness. And you feel so light. Here you come skipping out. <laughs> and you're about to share this news with your spouse or your children or your family and friends. And they did not have the same reaction as God. <laughs> and you're like, I don't understand. What's the big deal? I'm free now. <laughs> you're free now. They're hurt now. And if you don't give them permission to grieve the person they thought you were don't be mad at them because they're now disappointed and heartbroken based on the character you've been portraying for the last nine years now that they know the truth they have to go process and then now they got to get a counseling session too because they got to try to deal with well who have I been with the last nine years who, who, who have been attached to? Who? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy, and I'm hurting. Two things can coexist at the same time. We need to get a lot of butts out of our narrative, and learn to integrate the negative realities of the situations that we're going through. This is happening, and this is happening. I still love you, and don't touch me. Just. I don't want to hug you right now. You. I mean, I'm going to stay, but, ew. It's real talk. Because we have a, we have a, people are, everybody's quick to label everything canceled now. 
in a cancel culture, we're, we're quick to label every, you just, you, you just go cancel me? And everything's not about being canceled. Some stuff is about just processing the context. Um, I'm not canceling you, but I'm confused by you. So you've been lying? Yes, I was a liar, and God showed me that I'm lying, and I'm free now. Yay. But trust has been broken. And God can throw it into the sea of forgiveness. But I live in Dallas. All we have is a few man-made lakes around here. And the closest beach is about four and a half hours away. And it's dirty. <laughs> no disrespect to my Houstonians. But that's a dirty beach. Um, so I'm just going to need some help processing what you've just told me. And if you'll just give me some time, I can come back. But this is a lot. This is why if you, if you just live in the truth and in the light up front, you can tell people where you are right then. Because if they find out later, after your wax melts, thank you, Holy Spirit. Ooh, I'm going to help somebody. Some people would have made a different decision if they knew you prior to the wax you put on. And you cannot blame them for taking some time to pray and carefully figure out if they want to be with who you really are. That's the consequence of your lie, not their inability to forgive. Now, I needed to say that. Well, what does confession look like, Tim? How, how should I do it? I'm going to say the same thing that God says about it. Absolutely. But you need to put it in detail. It's not enough to just say it, agree with it, but you need to call it like he calls it. Do you see it like he sees it? Can you explain it like he explains it? Right. I told you all prior. The reason why I am not a porn addict is because of what God says about it. Let me tell you the truth. Some of y'all might pass out, not even come back next week, might leave now. I like porn. This here, I started, I, started, I started consuming it, using it when I was 12. My flesh loves porn. When I gave my life to Jesus, my soul got saved. My flesh did not. So, so my flesh is still, every now and then, like, bruh. What we doing today? <laughs> like after you read your Bible and after you listen to your worship music and after you like chill out and like and learn your little Spanish and all that kind of <laughs> what else we doing today <laughs> I know I know I know you love your wife and she's beautiful and all that kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. but after that <laughs> what we doing today <laughs> trying to help y'all Trying to help y'all, because I already know this is going on. Just most time, a, 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 a pastor or a preacher won't say it, because they too busy trying to protect themselves. I ain't got nothing to protect. You know why? Lights on. I'm telling you right now, your pastor lives with the lights on. All of them. Click, 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 
click, clickety click, 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 I live with the lights on. Okay? All right. So please don't get it misunderstood. I hope nobody takes the seven seconds of I like porn and turns it into some meme. And I wind up on church milk. I like porn. Unlike porn. Unlike porn. Yo, pastor like porn. Image City, pastor like porn. Christian today, pastor likes porn. Y'all listen to the whole message and stop listening to 20 seconds of it and you get the whole thing. All right, let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. A little LA coming out now. I need to. Let me breathe deep. My flesh likes porn a lot. I trained it to. Duh. Can't do nothing for 10, 15 years and then quit and think you're not going to have no severe reaction to it. So my flesh likes it. God doesn't. And because God doesn't, I don't. Not because I don't. If you went to your doctor and your doctor said, you one cake away. <laughs> y'all know I'd be coming for y'all. <laughs> I try to get it right where you are. Okay? If your doctor came to you and said, you are one cake away from getting your leg amputated, and you like playing kickball? <laughs> And the leg that's going to get amputated is the kicking leg. Okay? If the doctor said you, you one cake away from getting your leg amputated, stop eating cake. You would stop eating the cake. Not because you don't like cake. You want your leg. You have so much discipline not eating that cake. Wow, you've really changed your life. No, I just like my leg more than I like the cake. I like the cake, man. Had my first piece at two, fool. I like cake. It's not the cake, it's the fact I like my relationship with God more than I like pornography. I'm not going to lie and say I don't like it because that's just going to cause dissension in my body. My, I, my body knows I like it. So me confessing something, no, don't confess that, then you, it'll grow. No, no. When I confess, I get healed. I'm set free when I confess. Y'all be lying to yourself. That's why you're still in the dark. So that's why I'm trying to help you. Just tell the truth about what it is. God already knows. And so does Satan. So does Satan. Eve never said out loud, I love that tree. I would love to eat it. She just looked at it long enough that Satan just kept on looking at it. What's she looking at? Ooh. I'm going to talk to her about that fruit. She looking at it long enough. I just need to give her permission to do it. Did God not say you could not eat of every tree? That's how the conversation starts. Who starts a conversation like this? 
Imagine being in the grocery store. You know I got an example for everything. Imagine being in the grocery store, and you waiting in line, and somebody just walks up behind you and says, how come you can't have the apple pie? Who's, sir, I don't even know you. I had not had a previous conversation. Why are you? Well, I saw you looking at the pies for 20 minutes. And then you walked away. How come you can't have no pie? Well, the doctor said. <laughs> All right. So it's not just about confessing what it is if you can't describe what it is to you. Joshua chapter number seven. Uh, let me set it up for you really, really quick. Uh, the first battle uh, of uh, Joshua and the Israelites is, is Jericho. Okay. So Joshua fought the battle at Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle at Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Okay. Some of y'all know that. All right. So the first battle was at Jericho. Okay. And uh, the second battle, that was a major battle, right? Jericho was straightly shut up, okay? And God gave them a victory after they walked around it, then the walls fell, okay? The second battle was against AI. AI, light work, really small territory. They, they didn't even send all of, all of the whole nation after them. They sent like two tribes, go get them. And they lost the battle. Joshua could not understand it. How did we lose this battle? He goes to, and, and prays to the Lord, and the Lord says, there's sin in the camp. Somebody... In your community, sinned, and it cost all of y'all the victory. So uh, I, I hate this. Achan is the guy that, that sinned, and I'm going to read it to you in a minute. But, but I just got to acknowledge that I hate this for Achan and for what he put the whole community to, through. Because when you know you are in sin, but you live in the dark, it's hard for you to step into the light without confrontation. And this is why I want con uh, uh, confession to become such a normal part of your life, because I'm tired of people getting ha having to get pushed into a corner before they tell the truth. Now we got to we got to go to your, uh, 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 you know, to go get your uh, computer and, and get a FBI forensic digital forensic scientist to go pull up stuff that you tried to erase. And then we got to get, you know, four years of your text messages back and forth to see if you lying. about. just tell the truth. Stop. Especially when you know you did it, but now we're doing all this work for at the end, you'd be like, yeah, I guess you caught me. <laughs> you know how much time we could have saved you to just said this up front? But when you're in darkness, you have to be pulled out most times. Most people don't just walk out, they have to be pulled out. So I want to show you this because they, they, Joshua and the, and, the, and the whole nation had to do this whole American Idol type search to get down to Achan. Here's what it says. Early the next morning, this is Joshua chapter number seven, verse number 16. Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clans of Judah came forward and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward person by person and Achan was singled out. Now, can you just imagine this whole situation? Achan knows the whole time it's him, but he like, just in case. <laughs> I 
Millions of people out there, this fool. All right, so out of all the 12 tribes and now Judah. Okay, well. Now Zimri. Now Zikri. Now every person individually. <laughs> Foolish you. Here's what Joshua says. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Do you not know that telling the truth brings glory to God? You ever want to be glory? You ever want to bring glory to God? You don't need to shout. You don't need to be like doing all this in worship. Especially over a lie. Don't do all this over no lie. Put your hands down. Confess. Then put your hands back up. He sees it anyway. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Give glory to God by telling the truth. Make your confession and, y'all get that? Please notice that. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. I need you to come in agreement Come into agreement with what God says about it and tell me exactly what you've been doing. Well, God already knows, but do you? Because you can't get free till you know what you're dealing with. And you don't know what you're dealing with until you can say it. I know exactly what my weaknesses are because I can say them. Well, you know, I, I, I be struggling with stuff. All generic. I have been at altar calls and people come down. I just, you know, I just want to confess. You know, I, I've been, you know, been struggling with some things. Like, what is it? Well, you, just, you know, just, you know, it's between me and God and whatever the, whatever the Lord will show you as you pray. No, you know what it is. Say it. You say it. Because until you say it, you won't be free. The reason why I'm free from porn is because I know porn is an addiction in my life that I need to be free from. I can't just be like generically like, you know, I'll be lusting sometimes. I hear wilding out. I had one guy tell me, you know what? Yeah, you know, I, I got a problem, uh, you know, with lust sometimes. And found out like six months later, no, you have a whole woman on the side. You, you, you have a rib, which is your wife, but then you got some spare ribs. Where do these spare ribs come from, son? It's not a good look. But because he couldn't name what this was, he wound up in a whole affair, a whole one, being generic about what he was really. Trying to help. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Thank you, Achan. This is confession right here. That's confession. Confession, woo, he's already given glory to God. But let me tell you why Achan is commendable in my eyes. The very next thing he says is among the plunder, 
I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. Because whatever is at the bottom is what you love the most. Rory said after the first service, he said, it makes me uh, think about uh, the phrase differently. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Because whatever is at the bottom is what you love the most. I know. I, the, the, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's some people you've confessed some stuff that's at the surface. But what you love is at the bottom. And until you can move the blanket and the gold and all that stuff and pull up what's at the bottom. This is what I love the most. I love my anger the most. I need to tell you about my anger, Lord. I love it the most. I, I, I love this little secret thing I be doing. I love this one the most. I know I gave you like going out. I stopped clubbing. But this is my precious. <laughs> This is my blessing. Until you can come with that one, you're not ready to live in the life. I'm telling you, as a former secret keeper who lived in silence, repudiated my relationship, disavowed at times, depending on the place I was at, Someone who was silent and in denial, when you can get down to the bottom and show God what that is, freedom is yours. And I want everybody to experience that level of freedom because I want everybody to have their mind that clear. You want real peace of mind? Start really confessing your sin. Last thing, and I promise I'll shut up. I, I thought about doing an experiment. It just, stuff comes to my mind that I'm like, I can't logistically even get that out. I, I wanted everybody to wear white to church, all white. Because subconsciously, you move different. When you have on all white. You put on an all-white outfit, the way you move, you like, mm-hmm, let me just. <laughs> hey, man, hold the door open. It's a little dirty. I just want to. <laughs> you try not to brush up. Anybody ever wore all-white? You try not to brush up on something, and you, you, you're so, your, your self-consciousness is just, oh, just, right, elevating. You're like, just make sure I'm not dirty. You ever got through a whole day and then sit down? Is that grape jelly? I didn't, where was I with some grapes? If you ever get asked a question, is there any sin in your life? And your answer is no. You're wearing the wrong color. The stain is there. You just decided to wear a color where it wouldn't show up. 
When I go to my prayer closet and I get ready to pray, none of you come up. None of y'all. I don't get in my room. All right, Lord, I'm, I'm before you. Lights are all on. The Lord doesn't go. Seventh row. The girl with the fluorescent blouse on. She got some sin in her life. So next week, preach this. That has never happened in the history of the 26 years I've been preaching. When I get before the Lord with all the lights on, here's what happens. The Lord goes, do you see that? And I say, yes, sir, I see it. <laughs> it's right there, huh? Yes, it is right there. That is grape jelly, Lord. And I didn't even eat it. I was just around some people that like grape jelly. And I got comfortable in the conversation. And before I know it, some of that grape jelly was on me. Knowing good and well, I don't like no grape jelly. Lord goes, you confess that, I can cleanse that. It'll be like that spot was never there. I can go to sleep at night because my conscience is free. But if I don't tell the truth about where I am, then I start looking down on others because I don't want to see me. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is part one of Confession is Golden. And remember, this is all vertical, and we'll deal with horizontal in two weeks, okay? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Thank you for allowing me a little extra time to get through this. I needed to get all of this out. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit showing to you? I promise you, if he's pointing out something, it's not to condemn you. It's not to make you feel guilty. It's not to make you feel bad. I promise you. Anytime the Holy Spirit points something out, it's because he loves you. I would hate to be walking through like half my day with a booger on my lip. And nobody was kind enough to tell me, hey, man, you got something right here. Or, hey, can you go to the, hey, you need to go, here's a napkin. You ever went to the restroom, looked in the mirror, and thought to yourself, nobody was going to tell me that I had spinach in my teeth? That I had a crumb on my lip? I promise you, if you ask the Lord, he'll show you. Most people don't want to know, so they never ask. They get in God's presence and just start talking about all the stuff they want. Lord, give me the promotion. Lord, give me the breakthrough. Lord, heal me. Lord, fix it. But you want to fix it without ever acknowledging it. This is a grow-up series. The only reason why the Lord would allow me to teach this series is because you're ready to grow up. You're off of milk, and you need some meat. And if you're going to be a strong believer, not just a church goer, you're going to have to put in some work. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you grow. I've already done it. This is the only reason why I'm teaching. I would never tell you to do something I haven't done, but I've done it, so you're going to do it too. Or you're going to find a church where you can just stay on some milk. Your choice, not mine. This is the Lord's church. He's going to grow it. I ain't begging nobody to stay here. 
You figure out if you want to grow or not. So, Jesus, thank you for some growers. Thank you for some meat eaters. Thank you for some believers in Jesus that want to live with the lights on. God, we confess that we have sin in our lives. <laughs> that we have thoughts, that we have ways, that we have wills, that we have inclinations and leanings that, oh my goodness, they're so gross because you said so. They're so bad because you said so. We like them, but you hate them, so I guess we got to stop. But we can't do that with willpower. We need your power to do that. And you told us through the Apostle Paul's writings that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we're not even trying to present ourselves as strong. We're coming weak, knowing that when we come in our weakness, you make us strong. So, Father God, thank you for making us strong. Give us the strength that we need in this season of our lives to be who you have called us to be. We confess to you, knowing that you are faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.